Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Oh, I feel good. If you're a leader with managers reporting to you, I want to ask you a few questions to ask yourself. Does your leadership team work seamlessly together? Are they focused and organized? Do they function well or fight each other? Do they communicate effectively or are they cloaked with confusion? Do they make decisions efficiently and effectively? Are they hiring, training, and keeping the best talent? If someone leaves, do you have an A player waiting on the bench? Well, if you can't answer yes to all of the above, then perhaps I can help you and your team. I help leadership teams work together harmoniously and achieve greater business results. If you want a, a free assessment and a discussion, just email me, steve at managermojo.com. Tell me you'd like to, to chat for a little bit and we'll schedule a call. Thank you, that's steve at managermojo.com. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest, Mr. Scott Beebe. Now Scott is the founder, excuse me, pardon me, he's the founder of Business on Purpose and he's also the host of his own podcast called the Business on Purpose Podcast. Now Scott works with uh, small business owners primarily. He coaches them, he helps them remove uh, themselves from the chaos of working in their business to help them get on their lives and work at building a better business. Uh, he's really an expert in vision, missions, values, systems, and processes. And uh, I am really looking forward to having a conversation with Scott about those issues today because I think they apply to all of us at all levels of leadership and management. So join me in welcoming Scott Beebe to the show today. Scott, welcome. Steve, man, thank you for having me on. I'm really, really, I don't know, it's, it's hard to geek out about systems and processes, but I can make it happen and we're going to do it. <laughs> I know you can, Scott, and uh, we're going to have fun talking about a topic that people normally don't really talk about because, frankly, I think they want to avoid it. But let's, let's uh, mm -hmm. before we do that, why don't uh, we start today by having you share what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work. Oh my gosh, this is easy, Steve. My family and I just got back from a few days uh, over my daughter and I in Amsterdam for a couple of days, and then uh, the rest of our crew together on the uh, real little-known area in the western part of Italy on the coast. It's kind of the, 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 the poor man's vacation spot in Italy, and we went over there, and we hiked, and we sat on a rocky beach on the Mediterranean, and we ate. Oh, my gosh, we ate. So <laughs> I am in the midst of a pretty intensive exercise regimen to kind of work off some of that stuff. But, man, that's what we've been up to. Well, Scott, that sounds uh, absolutely awesome to me, I'm, uh, and thanks for sharing that. That's uh, uh, Italy is one of those areas that uh, Cindy and I want to go see together and can't wait to do that. So thank you for sharing that today. 
Absolutely. Uh, Scott, uh, before we start talking about uh, business a little bit, I, I, I'd like for you, if you don't mind, give our listeners a sense of your passion for why you really decided to start working with small business owners. What, what really motivated you to, to really start talking to people about business on purpose? Steve, I've always had a keen uh, interest about uh, the, the the business owner. Uh, it, it's it's always been a curiosity to me. My entree into the world of becoming a business owner was very very unusual, in that my background is more in kind of organized corporate structures, and so I was actually after college was a theology student and graduated there. While I was there, I worked for a subsidiary of Thomson Reuters, so that was my first entree into the corporate structure. And then I went to work for Pfizer, a global, uh, global multinational pharmaceutical company for a couple of years. Then, uh, in an ironic twist, went to work in the church environment, in, a, in, a, in a, a Christian church environment in Texas, right in the middle of the, they call the belt buckle of the Bible belt of uh, the United States. And so worked kind of in that arena for about five or six years, actually pastored a church during that time as well. Then went back to Pfizer for about six years, and then was the uh, the head of a small faith-based non-governmental organization in Nigeria. And we've been working in Nigeria since 06, but predominantly as volunteers. Uh, but from 13 and 14, was involved in that organization, was responsible to a board. And on February 27, 2015, eight of the nine board members resigned from that organization for, for a, really just kind of a tough reason. And because my role was responsible for them, they had to dissolve the role. And it left us in a obviously precarious situation, didn't really realize that that was going to be happening, and they didn't either. And they felt horrible, and they tried to set us up with a little landing pad. And so that was on a Friday, and on a Monday, I called two guys that I knew, that were friends, but they were also business owners, and I told them I wanted to write them a proposal to work with them. And they said, well, what do you want to do? I said, I'm not sure. What do you need? <laughs> and so we got to talk, and we uncovered. And I'm dead serious about it. We uncovered uh, there was a desperate need for both of these guys, and since then a much broader scope for both of these guys to really articulate and understand where in the heck they were going. These guys had successful businesses from a revenue generation standpoint, but they really had no clarity of where they were going long range. And so that's where we started. And Steve, that's what launched the Business on Purpose platform. Well, I, I love it. It's a great story, and uh, there's nothing like necessity to cause you to really understand oh what you're passionate about and uh, really what your gifts truly are, isn't it? I mean, it, it really gets you focused on the things that you can do well. You know, it brings up the cliches like necessity is a mother of invention. It really is, because this business that we've been able and had the privilege of being able to work to, to serve to liberate small business owners from the chaos was birthed out of necessity. It was birthed out of, uh, I've got this skill set that has been implanted inside of me, and I've got to leverage that. I've got to use this for the service of other people. And I really felt a sense of of not wanting to go back into a corporate organized structure. not saying that my life is, you know, I'll never do that again. I'm real cautious about using absolutes. But at the same time, we find such joy and liberating small business owners, and that necessity was really a trampoline towards that. 
Well, I, I think it's a great thing, and uh, you know, I want to I want to differentiate one thing though, because uh, sometimes in business uh, we start talking about uh, corporate, and what people immediately uh, think about are the really large uh, corporations that are. Uh, restrictive, uh, fundamentally uh, uh, bureaucratic in nature, uh, and and really tough for people sometimes to navigate in. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, the word corporate uh, really uh, has has been perverted to some degree, uh, because the reality is, uh, if if you're in a, a small business or you're in even some uh, very uh, what I would call substantial businesses, uh, they're organized around a, a, a corporation primarily for taxes. Uh, and mm-hmm. so be careful uh, to all of our listeners about really thinking of things in corporate because what it does is it puts uh, a mindset in you that you actually don't really value the need for having systems and processes in your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and I know that that's where you really, uh, really excel, isn't it, Scott? Well, you've highlighted the reality that corporate has ceased to be a noun, uh, and and instead has kind of become an adjective, uh, mm-hmm. more of a descriptive around of an emotion. And so we'll even say things. You use the term corporate. We'll even say things like, "Boy, that feels really corporate." And so yeah. we use those terms to describe this kind of negative. Uh, the, the negative quantity. Here's the challenge. A lot of times what happens in a corporate setup is the systems and processes become so robotic and inhumane, not inhumane in terms of, you know, what we would think about in, in, in historical inhumanities. I'm talking about it strips the humanity out of the discussion and, and really things become robotic. And it, it's ironic, Steve. I literally just walked out of a client's conference room where we just suspended our conversation about everything structure and process because he's really uh, made a trajectory in his business to his credit to where he got really nervous because what ended up happening is he was gaining marginal time as a business owner. Well, nobody's going to admit this out loud, but marginal time is one of the greatest uh, threats to an entrepreneur and a business owner. And in large part, because what a lot of guys or gals do when they reach that point of marginal time is they start finding new vices to spend time with. And they backfill that marginal time with vice rather than backfilling that marginal time with things that matter most, and reinvestment into the business and things like well, that. And so a lot... Uh, Scott, Scott how, how do you define marginal time, though? I, I, I think probably some people might not have heard that time or heard that term. Yes. Rather. Uh, would you define that for us? Certainly, yeah. It's a, it's a great question to be able to dive into. Essentially, when a small business owner or an entrepreneur is working their business, as Michael Gerber will call it, kind of in the field of a technician. So you're the technician, you're the manager, the entrepreneur. And typically, business owners work in the mindset of a technician or a manager. And so they're they're building the widgets, making the widgets, or they're kind of uh, asking people or telling people what to do in order to manage that oversight. When you really jump into that method or mind of an entrepreneur, or let's you know, even equate that in some respects to a business owner, although there are slight differences. When you make that jump, all of a sudden you're spending much less time working in the minutia of the organization, and you're spending a lot of time really flying the business by a cockpit. Well, if you walked into a cockpit of a plane, just because your flight's three hours doesn't mean that your pilots are necessarily working for three hours. 
they're spending their time kind of glancing at the dashboard, and then, you know, maybe they're scrolling Facebook or <laughs> reading a book. Or Frankly, I don't want to know what they're doing up there because it might freak me out. But the reality is, because of the technology of a cockpit, the corporate nature of a system and process that we call a cockpit, all of a sudden, a business owner, if they choose to fly their plane via a cockpit, they're going to have a lot of marginal time. They're going to have a lot of time where they can get up, go get something to drink, go to the bathroom, uh, check on whatever it might be that they're going to check on. And so that marginal time, you've really got options with that now. One option, which is the default, is you backfill it with more busy work. And so the pilot gets into the cockpit, all of a sudden feels lazy because I'm not, quote, doing anything. And so then they get up and they decide to open the plane door and run outside and start flapping their wings up and down to say, oh, i got to help the plane stay up. And it, obviously it sounds ridiculous, but that's what we do. Is so we backfill that marginal time with busy work or we backfill that marginal time with vice. We tend to call it a midlife crisis. Well, really what it is is somebody achieved some marginal time and they're backfilling that marginal time with a new car or a new friend who may not be their spouse or whatever it might look like. And so we've got to be very, very cautious it's gold on one one hand, but it can also be very, very dangerous on the other. And we've got to know exactly what to backfill it with. Yeah, that's a, a great description of it. And uh, frankly, I think uh, a lot of people that are working uh, in a management position for large companies struggle with the same thing because uh, they do get a little bit robotic about what they're doing. They don't really have uh, what I would call a vision for their life. Or a, uh, hmm. or a mission for their business. And I, I know that, uh, you know, when you start to advise people, uh, you, you talk about helping people really understand what their, uh, their vision, mission, and values are. And that's really where you start long before you've done all your systems and processes, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the foundation, you know, if you're going to build a house, you've got to start with the concrete on the bottom or a raised foundation, however you want to build it. And then we begin to work up from there, and it's the same way. So usually what happens, Steve, is uh, we'll get some business owners who they'll get the process bug, and so they'll be at a conference or something, and somebody will talk about systems and processes. And they'll think, man, you know, Disney runs by systems and processes, McDonald's runs. I want to do that. Not that I want to have a, a product like McDonald's, but, man, I'd love to have some marginal time. And so they get to the business of building process. Well, here's the challenge. If I build a Ferrari, but have no idea where I'm going, what's the point of the Ferrari if it's just going to sit in my garage? And so a lot of people will build process, and even worse than let it sit in the garage, they'll actually work the process, but they're, they realize you know, halfway through that they're working the process to a destination they don't even want to go to. And so process without vision can be equally as dangerous as no process at all. Yeah, I agree totally. And I, I, I think that uh, a, a lot of people uh, really, whether it's their personal career or whether it's an entrepreneur in business, uh, no matter where they are at their, their particular point in life, they don't really think about uh, what's their own personal vision of the future. And ultimately, what's the point of building a business if you're not really going to think about where you're going with it? That's right. Yeah, and, and, and you, could, you could spread the metaphor to whatever. What's the point in, you know, flying an airplane, taking it off if you have no idea where you're going to land? Uh, eventually you run out of gas. You know, Steve, we live 
on the coast of South Carolina, and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous place to live. And uh, where we can go, well, we've got friends. You know, it's, they say about boats, it's better to have friends with boats, and so we've got a few. <laughs> and one of them's got a really, really nice offshore boat, and it takes us about, from little creeks that we're up in, it takes us about 30 minutes and we get out to the ocean, 20 or 30 minutes, and then once we're out there, you begin to go, and Steve, it takes you about five to ten miles, and then you realize you're out in the middle of nowhere at that point. You look around, and you don't see anything. And, boy, it's nice to have a friend who's got a really nice boat with a really nice GPS system in it who can tell you exactly where to go. Because if you don't want to, in the middle of the ocean with no GPS, which is essentially akin to your vision, and especially no anchor, to be able to anchor down to 100 feet or whatever so that you can fish off of a reef that's out there, then eventually what you start doing is you go in circles. And if you've got no metrics, no vision, then you begin to go in circles. And if you go in circles, you run out of gas. And that's why the proverb is so true. Where there is no vision, people scatter. And there's a much more detrimental version of that, of that quote. Where there is no vision, people die. Well, the reason that's true is because scattering leads to kind of purposelessness. And whether you're breathing or not, a life without a purpose is not much life at all. Well, there's nothing more miserable, uh, I think, than really not having any kind of goal or, or vision for where you want to go next. Because you're, you're just responding at that point. You're not, you're not being proactive in any way, shape, form, or fashion. No, no. And there's so much uh, in, in kind of the environment around us that's biased towards progress. And they're just weeds. And if we're not pushing towards a vision, then we're allowing that bias against progress to begin, begin to push against us. And quite frankly, Steve, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we've got a, we've got a responsibility to leverage the skill set and the ambition that we have to be able to push through that bias and really offer opportunity for other people. Uh, it's really, really important. It's a great responsibility for us to be able to take up. Well, I, I totally agree. I, I know that you uh, created a program, you called it Four Steps to Business Freedom. Uh, although we don't have time to go into all four steps, would you mind just uh, giving a sense of the four steps to our listeners today? Absolutely. Yeah, very first, as you can probably imagine, is our vision, mission, and values. Now, that, that typically, Steve, is kind of an eye-roll statement. People go, yeah, 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 I get that. You know, I was part of the big organization and we did that. We wrote them out, put them on a binder, put them on a shelf, and never looked at them. And so typically what people respond with is, yeah, we've done that, Scott, but it doesn't work. And what we end up finding out is the reason it doesn't work is the same reason that the moped in your garage doesn't work. It's because you don't go in there and turn it on. And yep. so if you've got vision, mission, values sitting on a shelf, it's, they don't work because you're not using them. Uh, but I will tell you this. We've had plenty of clients make multi hundred thousand and million dollar decisions based on their mission their vision and their values in fact we just had a client he's in the excavating business in the, in the midwest and he just uh declined a hundred fifteen thousand dollar contract based solely on his values because as they were going back and forth between he and the potential client he realized that the project was going to violate a couple of their core values and even though it was a pretty nice size contract for them they decided to go forego on the contract, and he literally responded with, man, thank you for the opportunity, but due to our core values being a mismatch with this project, we're going to have to pass. 
And that was how he responded. And it had 100% everything to do with his unique core values. Well, I, I think that's an awesome example. And I know uh, for, for me, what I, I'd like to think about with vision, mission, and values is, uh, do you know when to say no? And if you don't know when to say no, uh, you really haven't thought about your business. Wow. Well, that's a great question. I'm curious, Steve, with all of your experience, it, it, the, the businesses that really have articulated their vision, their mission, their values versus the businesses, which I assume in the majority, that have not, what, what kind of soft takeaways have you taken from those businesses? I mean, you've worked a lot with businesses, and you can tell when they've got them articulated and they haven't. What, what's the difference between those kind of subjectively? Well, I, actually, I think it's quite kind of simple. Uh, if you really have a vision, mission, and values that make sense to you, you're on fire and you're passionate about your business and what you're doing each and every day. If you don't have that passion, you can't express it to other people, then it's exactly what you said that happens in large companies all over the world. It was printed on a piece of paper, it's stuck up on the shelf, or it's hung on a wall somewhere, and nobody has any freaking idea what it was because mm. nobody really bought into it. Uh, I, I, I used uh, my, own, uh, my, my own value uh, and my own mission, and I, I know that it, it changed over time. It's something you gotta constantly uh, think about, and you gotta constantly refine. I mean, when I was growing up, my my vision, my mission was to get a college degree. My, nobody in my family had ever had one. They hadn't even gone to college. And But at an early, early age, I mean, even whenever I was in elementary school, I was like, look, I know that the secret for me is get an education. I have to be able to communicate with business leaders. I, I mean, I knew business leaders. They had money. They had things that they could do. And the only way I knew that I could learn what they, uh, they knew was to go to school. And so the, the vision, the mission was really at my core. And it fed all of my business mission over the years. And so I, I think that that people have forgotten that. They, in some ways, they kind of get lazy about uh, mm. the, the whole conversation. Uh, they think that it's something that they teach in business school, and I have to tell you what they do teach in business school uh, is ridiculous and a joke because they're teaching people to go get a Word document and go fill up that Word document with fancy words. Well, I gotta tell you, when you're talking to yourself, I dare say that very few of us are having those kind of discussions where it's all flowery <laughs> language. I, it just doesn't happen that way. So to me, yeah. you've got to really understand it because then once you understand yourself, then you can build your business around what, what you really want it to be. And that I have found to be a huge difference for people is that if they simply will think about what are they passionate about. And if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then by all means, go find what you are passionate about. Because I'll tell you, you're gonna suck at whatever you're doing if you don't have passion. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Dan Miller talks about the three legs of the school, the, the stool. You got to have passion, skill, and a market to pay you. And if you've got those three legs, uh, then and you know the other thing you highlight, Steve, based based on kind of how you laid that out, is people generally, if I ask, hey, do you have a vision or a mission or values? They'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah we've got it. And so I'll say, great, man, share it with me. Well, we, and then it's, you know, it kind of meanders. And so if you want to know if you've got vision, ask yourself the question. And if, if you can respond quickly and in less than 15 words, you're spot on. And so when people ask me, what do I do? Hey, Scott, what do you do? Because, you know, the question gets asked all the time from every mm-hmm. one of us to every one of us. Hey, Scott, what do you do? It's real simple. And everyone on our little team responds the same way. We liberate small business owners from the chaos of working in their business. That's what we do. And that is why Mondays are my favorite day of the week, because it's the first day that I can go out and liberate a small business owner from the chaos of working in their business. Now, when I respond that way, 90% of the time, Steve, somebody looks at me and goes, oh, cool. How do you do that? Yeah, But instead, I'll ask Simon Sinek, you know, start with why. What we tend to do, hey, Scott, what do you do? Well, I coach small business owners through their vision story <laughs> and then their mission statement, and then we break that down into four. You know, I mean, that, that is so uninspiring. And so instead, to have this articulated, and we make our clients, it's got to be less than 15 words. Uh, and it's got to be something that genuinely drives you out of bed, like gets you so pumped. Now, our vision story is a different, a, a different level altogether. Sure. That's actually about two to six pages in detail. Uh, and the way we define a vision story is a detailed snapshot of the future of your business. That's yeah. what a vision story is. And, and broken then, down in categories and all of that. But your mission is, uh, you, you got a little, you got a little southern U.S. as you have to tell. And so <laughs> down in the south, they, they, uh, they got something they call white lightning or moonshine. Well, I've never had it candidly, but I've researched on how it's made. And it's a big vat of what they call mash. I have no idea what's in the mash. And through a series of heating and cooling, one little drop, clear, crystal clear drop, comes out of a little tube, and that's moonshine. That's your mission statement. You got this vat of of dreams that you've got that are your vision story, but then we put that under and, and we heat it and cool it and heat it and cool it, and what comes out is this little drop of pow, and that's what your mission statement needs to be. So when somebody hears it, they go, wow, how do you do that? And then you get into a discussion. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, a, a great analogy, Scott. And uh, for our listeners that are uh, managers in a company, and uh, some of them are in large companies today, I, I just want to point out to them, uh, when people ask you what you do, please share your mission. Stop telling people, Oh, I do. I, I manage this team or that team, or I do this or I do that. No, nobody cares what you do each day. They want to know what your mission is, and if wherever you are, you have to have a mission. If your mission is to make people on your team successful, then make them successful. Uh, that's a yeah. mission. Don't 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 be boring the world with all the crazy details that you do. I mean, it it, it, it drives me nuts uh, whenever I hear salespeople do the same thing. I've I've uh, trained many salespeople in my career, 
And one of the biggest things uh, that biggest mistakes they'll make is they'll start selling the the widget, whatever it is that they're happen to sell. They're trying. They want to go into all of the things it does and doesn't do and can do before they even realize whether or not somebody has a need. And they don't know they have a yeah. need unless you care about them. Therefore, you got to have mm-hmm. a mission. So mission starts everything, and I know that you uh, you certainly uh, teach that and share that with your clients. Scott, I know that uh, our listeners are going to want to know more about your work and the things you do with Business on Purpose. Why don't you share with them how they can connect with you and learn more about the work that you do for businesses? Steve, thank you. That's, that's very kind of you to ask. The first place that we recommend... <laughs> I hesitate to say recommend. We almost say mandate. But first place, we recommend anybody to get started, whether you own the business, whether you are a manager within the business. I don't care what level you are uh, in the business. Uh, If you've got vision, you are immediately upwardly mobile wherever you're at, whether you own the business or where you're trying to grow in the business. And if you want to have vision, you've got to start by articulating it out. So what we've done is we've literally taken our entire vision tutorial this is literally 100% of what we take our clients, the very first step we take our clients through, along with the template, the exact template we use. Now, I've got to give a caveat. We don't subscribe to rocket science. Everything we do is overly simplistic because we've got to move barriers to entry in order for small business owners to really grab it and run with it because we're interested in full implementation. In fact, it's one of our unique core values. It's full implementation. And so we've got the tutorial and the template. It's all up for you, the only request we have is only download it if you're going to implement. I'll even be completely candid with everybody to let them know it's going to take you about two to three hours of your time to implement. About 20 minutes to watch this tutorial, and then you're going to need a couple hours to really sit down and marinate on your vision, either vision for the business or vision for your personal life. It works for either or. And so if you go to mybusinessonpurpose.com forward slash vision, so mybusinessonpurpose dot com forward slash vision all you got to do is just put your little email and it'll pop right up no emails you know we're not you know we don't make you wait a week or anything like that the tutorial and the template will both pop up right there online so you've got access to it you can get to work implementing right away that's awesome and uh thank you scott and for all of you listening today uh, that happen to be exercising, we'll make sure that we include a link directly uh, in this post. So look for it and uh, go sign up and start really getting your mission clarified and uh, take Scott's uh, course. I think it'll be very valuable to you. Uh, Scott, one of the things uh, as we kind of come to a close of our time today, Uh, that we like to to really recommend here at Manager Mojo is that we like for people to take action. And uh, other than going to your website, which we've already recommended and we want them to take the course, but I'm interested in what would be your first one or two recommendations, action items that people can take uh, after listening to us have this conversation today? Yeah, if it's a business owner, the very first Thing you've got to do is you've got to articulate your vision. So whether or not you use what we provide or just do it yourself, however you do it, I do not care. But you have got to sit down and write that out because any other tactic or process that I suggest void of a vision uh, is going to be lacking. And so if you're a business owner, that's where you've got to start. 
if you're a manager, if you're a key team leader working in a business, uh, the place that I would strongly encourage you to start is by asking your key leaders, what is our vision? And literally just go sit down and say, don't ask, do we have a vision? Everybody's conditioned response with the simple answer, yes, we have a vision. And then that conversation is shut down. Instead, say, hey, do you mind articulating the vision? I want to get clarity on where we're going. So can you articulate the vision uh, so that I know where we're going? And if you don't know it, that's cool too, because I'd love to help facilitate a process of getting that going. It's called leading up. And I would strongly encourage managers and key leaders within organizations to begin leading up around that concept and the idea and the important, crucial element of vision. Love it. Love it, Scott. That's awesome. And uh, our guest today has been Scott Beebe. He's the founder of Business on Purpose, and he's the host of Business on Purpose podcast. I encourage all of you to uh, take Scott's advice. Make sure you go to his website, take the course, and really, uh, really get refined on your vision, your mission in life. Scott, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today. It's been a real honor and privilege to have you today. Steve, it's a delight, man. I'm, I said it offline and I'll say it online. You've done a lot of work to put this podcast together. So thank you for allowing me to share that platform with you. My pleasure, Scott.